Many of us struggle to think of a time or two when we had been truly physically alone prior to 2020. Some of us relish in the memory of a bubble bath taken alone with a glass of wine while the kids went out for ice cream with dad. We cherish the recollection of our feet hitting the pavement as we ran along a dark road before the sun even rose. Or maybe we once even took a retreat by ourselves just to get away and take some time. But in 2020, it seems that all of us are a little over the alone time. Even the introverts, the folks I know who are posting memes, rejoicing and wiping their calendars clean, posting pictures of big stacks of books they hope to conquer, or posting their plans to finally slow down and enjoy projects they neglected in this busy world. Yes, even the introverts in my life have started calling and texting me on a more regular basis. And of course, the extroverts I know were climbing the walls as soon as the safer at home uh, order was announced. Now, most of us fall somewhere in between on the spectrum. Many of us have found some parts of quarantine exhausting or painful. And other parts of quarantine have been downright enjoyable. Many of us have discovered we like staying at home. We like cooking our own meals. We like wiping our calendars clean. But I think what we can all agree upon is that at certain times, we have all had to battle a sense of loneliness. We have felt our worlds become just a little too quiet. We have missed those who are absent in our lives. And we have felt some sense of loss as we try to be hashtag alone together. So when Jesus is saying his final goodbye and what we call his farewell discourse in today's gospel, we can relate to how the disciples may feel. Prior to Jesus, God was present, but often seemed hidden. He spoke or worked through representatives like Moses or the judges. He was in the tabernacle, but only the priests could enter. And even then, it was pretty risky. The prophets, also representatives of God, brought confusing messages of judgment. And when the temple was destroyed, God's presence on earth seemed lost. There was a separation between God and his people. Enter Jesus. Jesus was a man. He ate and drank and lived among God's people. Well, at least those in first century Palestine for about 30 years or so. But finally, there was no divide between God and his people. Jesus was the advocate for the people of God. He was the bringer of truth. He forgave, he healed, he loved. So imagine the absolute grief the disciples felt to watch Jesus, God incarnate, be led off to die. Imagine their pain that first morning after his death, when the disciples awoke from nights of fitful sleep to realize that it had not been just a bad dream. Rather, Jesus had been tortured, crucified, and killed. The disciples surely wept for the man that broke down the divide between God and his people. And suddenly, Jesus returns. Jesus appears to them. Touch my hands and the hole in my side, he said. He sat and ate with them. Jesus, God incarnate, had returned. The word joy cannot do justice to the emotion the disciples must have felt being restored to the Lord. But now, Jesus is leaving them again. This time, he is ascending to the Father to take his place in heaven. The disciples are not just losing their friend. 
Rather, they are losing their connection with God. While they have to be glad Jesus is taking his place in glory, they also have to be feeling some sense of loss, some sense of being abandoned by the God they've traveled alongside, the God they just got back. But Jesus does not leave them alone. Instead, Jesus leaves them with another advocate, one that will be with them and us forever. Now, we don't typically like to talk about the Holy Spirit in the Episcopal Church, except on Pentecost, really. Jesus was a man. He used words. He breathed air. He ate food. And we can kind of relate to that. But the Spirit, the Spirit is scary and invisible and unknowable. When we talk about the Spirit, images of people speaking strange languages or prophesying jump to our brain. We think of people dancing in the aisles or falling on the ground into convulsions. Or, for the more cynical of us, the Spirit is an excuse some people use to make other people think that they have some sort of special connection with God, when really there's just no way to disprove it. Images of Benny Hen slaying with the Spirit while filling his coffers spring to mind. The Spirit can strike us as a cheap parlor trick rather than a genuine person of the Trinity. But the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is God. And we need to be taking him seriously. In our universe exist black holes. We know this not because we can see them. Black holes are not detectable by the human eye. Rather, we can measure the effect they have on the matter around them. And therefore, we know they exist. The Holy Spirit is the same way. While we may not be able to see the Spirit, we can certainly see the effect he has on people. In the New Testament, we are told about the traditional gifts of the Spirit, the gifts that we can see in other people and know it was the Spirit who put them there. In 1 Corinthians, Paul describes them as wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, the discernment of spirits, various kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. However, the gifts of the Spirit are not limited to Paul's description of them. When we feel pulled or tugged to go a certain way, that is the Spirit. When we feel compassion for another human being, that is the Spirit. When we feel an overwhelming sense of peace or comfort, that is the Spirit. The Spirit is with us all day, every day, forever. Even after Jesus ascends, God is always with us. Because the Spirit is with us. As Christians, we believe the Spirit comes upon us at the time of baptism and never leaves us. When we feel on fire for God, that is the Spirit. When we have mountaintop experiences, that is the Spirit. When we are trapped in our homes and suddenly get the urge to make sourdough bread to preserve our sanity, that could be the Spirit. All of the times we have felt close to God or felt led by God or felt the presence of God in the room, that is the Holy Spirit. While we seem to be the most uncomfortable with this person of the Trinity, the Spirit is actually the person of the Trinity we have the most interaction with here on earth. The Spirit is how most of us have come to know God. Our worlds have gotten much smaller these past few months. Our lives may be much quieter, and we may feel much lonelier. At times of struggle, personal and global, it can feel as though God has left us. It can feel as though God has forgotten us or disappeared entirely. It can feel 
as though we are truly alone. But next time you are feeling abandoned or hopeless or lonely, remember that the Father has not orphaned you. Jesus has not abandoned you. The Spirit is with you. God is with you now and always, just as Jesus promised. Thanks be to God.